Hey folks, welcome to Touch Podcast. This is Nate. This is Ryan. And this is Shannon. And welcome back. We are talking about, talking to kids about sex. We're picking up our conversation where we left off in the last episode, so if you haven't listened to that one, listen to it. There are just so many important things to be talking about, from how to talk to kids about sex to masturbation and tips for helping your kids not feel shamed. We're going to keep rolling with this conversation. It's a really fun one. Stay tuned. Wow, what a fantastic interview with Leanne. Ryan, you did a great job with her. Thanks so much for that. And um, for myself, why I find this subject so interesting is because I do not have children. I have nieces and nephews whom I love very much. Uh, but my two colleagues, my, co- my podcast colleagues, they both have kids, Ryan and Shannon do. And um, I'm just curious, like for the two of you, Ryan, maybe you go first. Is, is talking, to, talking sex with your children, is it really that hard? Is What's it like? Yes. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I got all her, <laughs> I got all her questions wrong. So, uh, I mean, you know, as someone who likes to talk about sex, you know, fairly comfortable talking about sex, like when it comes to my own kids, it's so difficult. It really is. Like, um, I, I, it's just, it's, it's very difficult. And I, I, I have, um, even my wife and I, we've talked about, you know, we have, there's, we have some books around here and, um, they're graded and our, and our daughter is reading those. And, but you know, like she was saying about my six year old son, who's, he's six now, he's just turned six and like thinking about talking to him about, um, semen and vaginas and the clitoris and i'm like oh my gosh and i that's all on me right he i mean we could be talking about fingernails he i mean he's not going to be a bear it's just me so yeah uh yeah yes is the answer to your question well what about you shannon how was it for you <laughs> well interestingly enough you know my children were asked this question is it weird to have you know your mom be the sex lady and for them, it was never weird because they were raised with these conversations. Um, I remember when my oldest was five and about to start kindergarten, I heard Dr. Dobson on the radio say that before your child starts public school, they need to know the truth about where babies come from. And you need to be honest because they're going to hear all kinds of cockamamie theories at school and they need to be able to sift, you know, truth from crap. And so I was like, you know, tell my five-year-old about sex, really? But I was so glad that I did because um, uh, she was, she did hear all kinds of crazy stuff in kindergarten, but in the first grade, um, I had taken her to Bible study fellowship one night and that particular night, the focus was on Lot and his daughters. And so I had kind of wondered, yeah, the look on your face. Fellowship walks you through verse by verse. They don't skip anything. So I was kind of wondering what did they say to the kids about Lot's daughters lying with their father and getting pregnant by him. And so I I asked her, I said, Erin, do you have any questions about, you know, this, the lesson tonight? And she was really quiet. And she says, mommy, I think I need to tell you something. And I said, what is it? And she said, well, when I was at PE today and we were outside jumping rope, my friend Molly told me that uh, when her older boy cousin comes over, that he pulls her into the closet and makes her suck his weenie. That's not right, is it, mommy? And she would have never had any context for that. 
because I hadn't covered that. <laughs> but yeah, so she was she was able to piece together because of a Bible lesson on Lot and his daughters. Oh, that's inappropriate for family members to do that. Maybe I should tell my mom. So we were able to have a conversation with Molly to say, you know, Aaron tells me that you know this is happening. Do you does your mom know? And she said, Oh, Mrs. Etheridge, I could never tell my mama, but you could. In other words, she wanted to be rescued, but she didn't have the words at six years old. So you never know what kind of hero your child can be in someone's life if you just equip them with the right information. So I've always been glad that I talked to my kids often and early. That's a great way to phrase it. The the hero that they can be with that awareness and how they can, you know, look after their peers in that way and amazing. Yeah. And the thing I would frequently say to my kids is you can ask me anything you want to ask and you can use any words you want to use and you will not get in trouble. There's going to be no punishment for using because most kids will say the reason they don't talk to their parents is A, they don't think their parents know any more than they do. And B, they think they'll get in trouble if they use those words. Uh, well, just say there's, there's no words that you can't use with me. Use whatever words you know um, and ask me anything. And if I don't know the answer, we'll research it together. Um, but also I want to say to parents, you know, cause now my kids are, they're in their twenties. They're almost 27 and 24. Um, and I'm not saying this particularly about my kids in general. I'm just saying I've, I've watched, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years. So I've heard about it a lot. Parents who are really, really, really intentional to try to instill the healthy sexual values. You know, you, you may be shocked and disheartened to find out that your child is not following the particular path that you think is best for them. Just, just chill out because chances are you didn't follow the path that your parents wanted you to follow either. Everybody has their own unique sexual journey and let them make their mistakes without overreacting. Because I do believe that with the, with just love and support and patience and encouragement that those kinds of things have a tendency of working themselves out. So as long as they're not abusing someone or being abused, um, if they just choose to experiment or choose to become sexually active with a serious boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, it is not the end of the world. 90% of people do. And, um, you know, th- it'll create life lessons that they'll hopefully learn a lot from. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's, that's really well said. I, I, um, you know, I was struck when Leanne was talking about the, the Harvard studies and on sexuality and Nate, I think you were going to say something about this as well, but that, you know, how in, um, in other countries that have a more progressive and wrap around or holistic sexual education that they, you know, boys are taught about consent and in a way that it wouldn't, you know, for a normal healthy guy, as he grows up, it would never occur to him to, um, you know, that that you know, to that pressuring a woman into sexual um, or a, another guy into sexual um, that it would never occur to hit up blah, blah, that it would ne- <laughs> that it yeah that it would never occur to. Uh, a guy who's uh, grown up in that kind of holistic sexual education to 
to pressure uh, a, a partner into into sexual contact that that is that you know from the from the time you're four or five years old you've been taught that that behavior is not is not appropriate and not at all normal but i also think that it's because the education allows them to catch the vision of how it is okay that they have sexual desires it is okay that they touch themselves it is okay in a mature consensual relationship like they they have a vision for how their sexual drive is going to live itself out in a healthy way whereas if all that you give them is don't 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 the only way they see the possibility of getting their itch scratched is through coercive coercive or manipulative or abusive behaviors yeah and in fact, I, I was really struck when, when she brought that up, when she brought up the sex education, the Dutch sex education, because yeah. um, along my journeys, I was I spent some time there. I spent time with some some sex experts there and um, folks who were attending their events um, and in interacting with some of them, even interacting with some of the men, how they were brought up with sexuality is so different and how they hold some of these themes is refreshing. I was talking to one guy about masturbation and, um, you know, I was just teasing the idea of like, I think we both heard of this idea of like spending time when you like, it was about men, like men spend time when you masturbate and, you know, light some candles and take your time. And I, I started laughing. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, does do folks really do this? They really pamper themselves and take the time. And, and the person who I was speaking to was Dutch and he goes, yeah, why, hmm. why not? And I'm thinking, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, huh. well, is that is really? It's like, because typically I'm kind of like, I'm hurrying it up and just kind of finishing up before someone comes in and see me. I, I can yeah. still be living by myself and it's I'm still very... hurrying it up before someone comes in to see me. And he tells me that he does it for an hour. He spends his masturbation Whoa. an hour long time. Like, what? You're kidding me. But this is exactly what Leanne's referring to. This, this difference of approach of pleasure and joy that she referred to. We're just not brought up to hold that. And so even the idea of a guy masturbating an hour long is is kind of ostracized as being shameful before it's looked at for, for its benefits, for its practices, and its truisms. And you want to know what kind of red flags are coming up for me right now? Wow. Is what kind of lover is he training himself to be that he has to hurry up and finish because I'm so embarrassed and ashamed that I don't want to be found out? Like, the, envision yeah. what kind of lover that translates into being whereas if he's pampering himself taking his time just basking in it and just really enjoying the pleasure my guess is he would be a really great lover to his partner because he knows how to yeah how to work it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I can work it i I can work it in a span of 30 seconds (laughs) 30 seconds i'm awesome (laughs) that reminds me of that scene that scene in the movie kinsey did y'all ever see the movie kinsey not yet where the guy is yeah, where the guy is like, I can go from flaccid to ejaculation in 10 seconds flat. And Kinsey says, that is absolutely impossible. And so he stands up and unzips his pants and da, 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 boom, he's done. It's like, what? That, yeah. What a great lover that must be. Ooh. That's like, <laughs> that's like chickens or something. That's it is like, like that, chicken. Yeah, chickens. They just jump on their butt. And they run. And then they move on. And and I will tell you a complete. You know, I'm just gonna be completely honest here. At some point, I was thinking, just as a guy, I was thinking the number of times I can climax within a short time frame was 
was like a, a it was some it was like a trophy like i wonder if that and that's just going completely wrong that's not that's not staying connected with your body that's just kind of ugh, something else all that to say what leanne brought up in regards to joy and pleasure um i thought was a very good point and i know as a guy if i was taught that at a younger age preferably six then then maybe that shock when i met that guy in um overseas would not be as big of a shock you know what i mean Mm, yeah, interesting, sure. interesting yeah. question. Yeah. Um, well, and that leads us to, you know, what do parents say to kids about self-touch, about masturbation? Um, in my opinion, just letting them know that, of course, it feels good to touch yourself there, but that's not something that we do in public. And it's not something that we involve other people in. But in the privacy of your own room, that is completely allowable. Yeah, yeah of just giving your kids that outlet. I remember talking to one mom recently that she was so intent on making sure that her daughter would be able to masturbate while she was away at college because she didn't want her getting pregnant. She didn't want her being distracted in her studies. She wanted to be able, her to be able to take care of her own sexual desires. So she made sure that a, a handheld shower wand was installed into her bathroom at her apartment so that she wouldn't have to involve a hairy-legged boy um, in the process of her sexual satisfaction. I thought... Wow, that is a cool mom right there. <laughs> glory, That's nice. glory, hallelujah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, then, yeah, because you're already in a private place, and it's not like your roommate walks in and there's a buzzing sound and you're over in the other on the other side of the room. And <laughs> Yeah. This, brought, this like, podcast is brought to you by Whirlpool, shower installations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Touch Podcast, today's episode. That's right. Be sure and go um, by Home Depot for yeah. and mention Touch Podcast for a ten percent discount on all showerhead extensions. That's right. <laughs> and for the men, <laughs> I have heard it said that as human beings, we all know that we are sexual beings. But the generation above us and the generation below us, we cannot envision. We can't envision our parents being sexual, and we can't envision our children being sexual. And that is freaking ridiculous yeah so until you see it i just i just had an idea um you know nate i was talking thinking about your your friends from the netherlands and their hour-long masturbation sessions yeah and maybe we need a touch podcast masturbation candle a ma a yes a exactly it's you like you light it and you're not done till the candle's gone right right yeah like it goes down slowly and what is the fragrance <laughs> ask the dutch guys uh, they would know i think there should yeah you email your dutch friends and um fragrance. we'll find out like vanilla bean like must cinnamon <laughs> lavender apple. oh my god we're just gonna melt down old christmas candles and oh my god <laughs> you know this is opening up a really we make them in the backyard yeah this would be fun. This would be fun to research an hour-long um, candles and mix it with some petals and stuff. It, that could be kind of fun. Yeah, one of the what something I really enjoyed about this conversation that you're having with Leanne is how she's really making these hard conversations of sex very, um, 
very accessible, giving them words, giving them exercises, angles from which to ask questions, how to frame your responses so that your children don't feel suffocated. You're not like you're not forcing emotions or taking emotions out of their out of their words. So all of that has been really good. And and I would like to test a theory to you, Shannon and Ryan, as my colleagues. Um, since I don't have any kids, I'm playing with this theory, right? I'm playing with this theory, and I'd love for you guys to speak into it if it rings true or not. Um, the theory is that uh, you know, pornography and things like that of that nature, they're with devices and everything. They're getting into our kids' kids' hands and into their their kids' minds younger and younger and younger. Um, in some cases, um, there's there's children as young as seven that have been exposed to pornography, right? So, and there's like this hunger to really instill these ideas in our children before they become polluted. So, I was thinking that one of the one of the other things that we could do to sex educate our kids is by having sexing parents, right? So parents, I mean, tell me what you guys think about this, but the idea I'm playing with here is like parents, when parents are filling up their home with their own eroticism, it sets a frequency to the children and it sets a certain tone in which sex is not a hard thing to talk about. And finding the right words and right ways in is, is alleviated because you've already set a tone in your home that this is okay, that this is a place. And, and, you know, I say this in theory because I do not have children yet, but um, I do feel that as I'm in my own growth, many of us may have had children, you know, through the rigidness of what we thought sex was supposed to be, through the rigidness of obligation, through the rigidness of rape, or through the rigidness of something else. And those frequencies are sent to our children unless we learn how to, you know, to, to realign that. So... If you are having sex out of love, out of joy, out of pleasure, more power to you. You are sex educating your kids and you are letting it flow out of you without even needing words. And you won't need to be as articulate in finding what angle to go in at because they're underneath the umbrella all the time. This, of course, is just theory. What say you? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to that. I mean, I frequently tell parents, don't be so afraid that your kids are going to figure out what y'all are doing in there because it actually gives them a great sense of security to know that their mom and dad love each other. And the way that I explained it uh, when my kids were really young, like three, is I would tell them, you know how sometimes you like to have mommy all to yourself? And sometimes you like to have daddy all to yourself. Well, sometimes mommy and daddy like to have each other all to themselves. So if you come to our bedroom and it's locked, then you just need to keep watching your Barney tape and get a Pop-Tart and a book. And we'll be out in a little while. And so years later, my son is like 11 and he knocks on our bedroom door. And we're like, we'll be out in a little while. So eventually I come out and I'm walking out to my car and he's walking along beside me grinning ear to ear. And I said, Matthew, what is it? And he goes, I know what y'all were doing in there. And I think he expected me to deny it. And I was like, well, yeah, are you looking forward to doing that someday when you have a wife? And he goes, well, yeah, but not yet. And I thought, what an appropriate response for an 11 year old boy. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So Ryan, what do you say? What do you say to that concept? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, kids should see their parents being affectionate, snuggling on the couch, flirting with each other, sitting on each other's laps, kissing. Like, yeah, I think that having s- some warm, affectionate sexual energy in the home is is really good for kids. 
because they don't have, they don't, um, yeah, I, I feel like it, it brings the anxiety down. And even when the kids are going, oh, gross, stop kissing mom, that's too long or whatever, you know, that's good for them because you're modeling intimacy and affection and warmth and that all, of, and when they start, when my kids start learning it and sort of experimenting with the, with genital sex, they know that this, all this other stuff should come along with it, that there should be this intimacy and relationship and, yes. and kindness and joking and yeah. And, and, I, and I also think that, and I'm learning this little by little as I'm with my nieces and nephews, you know, along with this, you know, amazing idea of, of being examples to your children by being erotic, by being sexual, you know, these children, they're geniuses in their own right. And they also know when it's false. If you're putting up a show for their sake, you know, there's there's a disassociation that happens there that you may think is fooling them, but it's not. And so the blessing of having children that calls you to be at your highest integrity with your sexual partner is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to have that responsibility to be true to yourself when you connect to your partners and not have to put on a show just for the sake of educating your kids, because really it's your kids who are educating you to be real with yourself. Ooh, that was deep. Oh, that was go. deep, mate. <laughs> Very deep. Hey, the thing that stands out to me from this interview, head and shoulders above anything else that Leanne said, and it was all good, but the thing that stuck was you want to talk to your kids when their response is going to be, oh, instead of ooh. Yeah, I loved that. Really I loved, good. loved, yeah. loved that. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh, just a couple days ago. So I have uh, a ten-year-old and a six-year-old now. They were nine and five, getting ready to turn ten and six. When I talked to Leanne, and just a couple days ago, uh, my six-year-old son uh, figured out that he can chase his sister around with his penis, <laughs> and um, and get her to run away from him, which. <laughs> I guess feeling like he's smaller than her, so she can beat him up. And but he just realized, like, that, like, oh my gosh, he can like thrust his, his take his clothes off, thrust his hip out, and like chase her all over the house, and she will like run from him. He wins. And so he had this, like, okay, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa right. I mean, I'll bleep out my son's name, but uh, <laughs> buddy, you, your your sister does not like that, and so we did have a a talk about sit down and had a talk about how um, our penises are really neat things, but um, we we don't ever want to we never want to use our penis to intimidate or scare anybody, and um, and. They're they're fun and they're funny, um, and um, I know your sister was kind of laughing, but uh, you know we we're kind of having that conversation. He's like, okay, <laughs> you know, I didn't, but I didn't I didn't freak out or get mad or anything. Good to like pull like okay, okay. it was kind of funny, you know, it was kind of funny, but it was brilliant you know, on his part. Yeah, yeah think about it's it. like he's totally it like, was effective getting his butt kicked in, and then he realized. She want to be more, be around my penis. <laughs> Put it in front. So that's um, funny. Yeah, that is. Yeah, but I need to do the. Ne I mean, I need to have that 
next conversation that Leanne was talking about there, where it is, oh, and instead uh, of ooh. Um, she was talking about as a woman, being a woman amongst other women, if you're the only one that has like the sexual drive, how you're kind of outcast and this whole obligation of pleasing the boys. And, you know, it's very much a women centric uh, point of view that I thought she articulated really well. And um, I don't think I, I don't have anything to add to that or Ryan, I'm not, but Shannon, I'm not sure if you wanted to add more into that, but it, it, she just hit that really well. Yeah, I agree. I, I was hoping that women were listening and feeling some sort of conviction if they just chime in with all the other women who don't want to be having sex with their husbands. It's like, mm, you, you might want to think about the group think mentality of that and not to be afraid of being the one in the group who really likes sex or wants to know, you know, how to have better sex or whatever. Yeah, I agree. It was really insightful. Shannon, I, I imagine you being that type of person in those settings. I <laughs> think I mean, I, I, I'm empathetic with those who are not, but I definitely try to infect um, those women and, and, you know, give them a taste of, not a taste, that sounds horrible. Okay, edit that part out. Sounds <laughs> great. Holy fire. Earlier you said shaft, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and also which hole fits best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're just loaded with them. We're just, we're just trying not to call them out. <laughs> If I get to, if I get time, I'm just gonna edit all those together. See, obviously, I'm very sex saturated in this season of Newlywed yeah. because I'm not even yeah. catching my own innuendos. <laughs> yeah, I applaud you for the conversation that you had with your dad. Yeah, so yeah, he came for Thanksgiving, and um, and Nate and I had been Nate and I had been working on a documentary film project. And, um, and I, and I asked, I just said, Hey kid, can I talk to you about like how you and mom met and like your views on sex? And we have this, this podcast and he's like, sure. You know, he doesn't even know what podcasts are. He, he just got an iPhone. So, <laughs> um, it's like, you know, it's like a radio show, but you know, we tape it and people can listen to it anytime they want. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. And in fact, I had never had that conversation with him though. I, I was hearing all that stuff for the first time. I think that we need to play that interview for our listeners sometime, maybe after the Valentine's Day season. Yes. Yes. My, yeah, my dad. So my dad and I had a great conversation in the car with my sister in the back. She jumps in the conversation for a second. And uh, yeah, about sex and meeting my mom. It's a great conversation. He was very open and honest. It's an I loved awesome, it. It's an awesome conversation. And in fact, I'm going to have my dad listen to that conversation um, we'll all take these that yeah. episode to our fathers. Yeah, and that would be really cool. So, um, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. I like that. That's all the time we have. I promise to start the next episode with this interview with my dad. It was actually supposed to air last season, but our schedule got filled up with other interviews, and it got bumped to this season. I bumped my own dad, and that's good because our conversation. The conversation with my dad fits perfectly right here. Thank you for listening to Touch Podcast. You can find out more about Touch Podcast at touchpodcast.com. If you love us, if you listen to us, tell your friends about us. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on the Twitter. Also, we have a Patreon site. If you've been listening to every episode, why don't you go on there? Patreon.com slash touchpodcast. Pledge 
a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars a month. Every little bit helps. And that helps us keep this thing going. This has been Touch Podcast. I'm Nate Novero. This is Ryan Clark. And I am Shannon Etheridge. And we love you for listening.